0: Welcome to New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at com. You can subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. Hello, guys and welcome to the New Life Lutheran podcast. This is Pastor Eric. Uh, As you know, over the past year, over all of 2019, we have been walking through New Life's strategy to see transformed hearts, transformed lives, transformed community, and transformed world through the power of the gospel. And we have broken down our strategy into three parts, the row, the table, and the chair. And the row is the big uh, gathering, our large group gathering, which is where we hear the word, we receive the sacrament, we pray together, and we gather together. That's when we gather together on, on Sundays or Saturdays. And then we talked about the table, which is our small group gathering. We spent a long time talking about our life groups and uh, what it means to live life together and to grow in Christ together in smaller groups now we've spent about the last, uh, I don't know, eight weeks or so on um, our the last part of our strategy, which is the chair, which is personal devotions and family devotions. And so this is what we do in our personal life to cultivate our faith and to um, uh, uh, interact with God in our day-to-day Life and so we have talked uh, for several weeks now about family devotions, how to do it as a family, and I and we spent a long time on that because that is one of the hardest questions um, I think that that uh, people face in their life is how do I help my kids uh, know Jesus and how do I raise uh, my kids to be Christians and to uh, love Him and so we spent a long time on that question, and and so now we're going to kind of back up a little bit. And we're going to um, spend some time talking about personal prayer and personal scripture reading. Today, um, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about how do we pray. And we uh, way back the first uh, week that we did this, we did uh, a uh, kind of a historical overview of daily prayer and a historical overview of, of how Christians have found themselves to pray over the last 2,000 years of church history. And, uh, and so today what I wanted to do instead of having, um, a guest on, instead of having someone, uh, talk about their experience with prayer, what I wanted to do was to, as your pastor, as your, uh, discipleship pastor, I wanted to give you tips. How can you pray in your daily life and how can you grow your life of prayer? Prayer is, um, one of the most important things we do as Christians. Um, Martin Luther said uh, prayer without uh, – a Christian without prayer is like a body without breath. Um, so it's this is actually how – one of the ways that we participate in God is through prayer. So I, we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about what prayer is. Um, I'm going to give you guys some tips on prayer. And then I want to end by giving you a simple um, a simple outline of prayer that you can do every morning and every evening – that doesn't require um, you to buy a devotional, It doesn't require to you to pull an app um, up, it doesn't require you to uh, use a book, it doesn't require any of those things. You can do this on your own uh, and, and it'll help develop you in your prayer life and help you get on the right uh, path with that. So when we get started, uh, as we get started, I wanted to talk, uh, first of all, what is the goal of prayer? And oftentimes, when we approach prayer, we think of prayer as uh, what we call intercession—asking God for things. And and intercession, asking God for things, is for sure part of prayer. Uh, the The Scriptures are full of people asking God for things. Jesus asked God for things, um, so I, I, God wants us to ask Him for things. Uh, the, I think um, once we grow in our prayer life, that how we ask and what we ask for kind of change. And that, I guess that's kind of what I want to talk about. So when we uh, start talking about prayer and we get into this um, conversation of prayer, the first goal that we have for prayer, the number one thing that we're trying to do in prayer is to, um, is, is to participate with God. So uh, if we read the small catechism, the second commandment is do not, use, mis- do not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Um, and the, the explanation, what does this mean? Um, it means we should fear and love God so they do not curse or swear use satanic arts lie or deceive by his name. Uh, but then it says, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. So God is our God. He wants to save us. And uh, the the context of um, the the commandments, God tells the Israelites, I have brought you up out of Egypt. I have redeemed you. And God says the same thing to us. He says, I have redeemed you, so let me be God. Let me be your God and you can be my child. So that um, is kind of the first, the main thing that we have to understand when we pray. We are going to God as our parent, as uh, our loving a generous, care, caring parent who wants what's best for us and who knows what's best for us. So, as we approach God, the goal is not to get what we want, um, because God, frankly, really doesn't care what you want. Um, the goal is to be in relationship with Him to to know Him as our parent, and so we we enter into this. We enter into prayer with that goal in mind. We we enter into prayer so that we can enjoy God that we can learn to fear Him, to love Him, and to trust in Him above all things, is to develop this relationship with Him. And Psalm 1, um, which the the Psalm book is uh, the middle of our Bibles, and it's it's a collection of 150 prayers uh, from the Israelites, and it's a great resource for prayer. Um, So I encourage you to read through the Psalms as much as you can. Uh, Just read one Psalm a day, and that'll get you going. Um, But Psalm 1 says this, from the Common English Bible, The truly happy person doesn't follow wicked advice, doesn't stand on the road of sinners, doesn't sit with the disrespectful. Instead of doing those things, these persons, the happy persons, love the Lord's instruction and they recite God's instruction day and night. So in Psalm 1, we get this picture of of there are two types of people in the world. The, the truly happy person and then the not happy person or blessed person is the other word for that. And uh, and the, the truly happy person does not follow wicked advice, does not uh, get into relationship and uh, and and get advice and wisdom and uh, guidance from wicked, from the wicked, uh, from humans. And then we have this other person or, or we have the, the truly happy person who instead of doing those things, they love the Lord's instruction. They love to go to the Lord and hear from him and read the Torah and read the scriptures and engage with him. And it says they recite God's instructions, God's law, day and night. And that word recite, um, it, it actually it has this implication of, of muttering, of um, growling over um, uh what what it is that you're, you're thinking about. So that word is used for a lion who is uh, devouring its prey. Uh, so it's like this enjoy, there's like this kind of enjoyment, this guttural enjoyment that, um, that the lion has as it eats its food. And, uh, and so that's the kind of um, experience we should be having as we recite and read and read and reread God's scriptures um, and God's instructions, God's law. And this recitation is uh, the implication is that it's happening um, all day, every day, day and night. We are reciting and replaying and thinking about and enjoying God's instructions. So that's really what prayer is. It's in, in another word, um, some translations translate it as meditate, not recite. Meditate. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's what prayer is, is meditating on God and his word. It's reciting um, God's word and, and replaying God's story um, and talking to him about that story. So the implication is that there's this slow, careful mulling over of God's work and his word over an entire lifetime, day and night. And so as we enter into prayer, that's kind of our goal. A slow, careful mulling over of God's work and his word. And we are interacting with him through his word, through his work. We're speaking to him because of what he has done for us, because he has redeemed us, and because he has drawn us out of sin and death. We interact with him and we, uh, we recite his laws, we recite his works, and we do this every day. And every night over an entire lifetime. And so, what we tend to do when, when it comes to prayer is we don't approach prayer that way. We kind of treat God as if He's um, Santa Claus. And we say, okay, here's my list that I need from you, God. And, uh, and this is, we actually see this all the time when we meet in our life groups or even in our church. Um, it, we, we get lots of requests for prayer for um, certain things to happen right? Um, and and uh, we ask for prayers for healing. We ask for prayers for uh, uh, saving us out of economic hardships. We ask for prayer for those types of things. And, um, and, and those things are fine. They're, they're good to pray for. But when we take all of our chips, all of our prayer chips, and we put it in that basket, we're missing what the main goal of prayer is, and that's relationship with God. That's relationship with our parent. It's, it's spending time with and remembering and reciting and praising and um, and giving thanks to um, Him for His work to us. And so, what we tend to do is that we tend to overestimate um, in the short term what a lot of prayer can do. Um we see this in movies, we see this in television shows, um, we see it in, in Christian movies of like this intense like short amount of lots of prayer and it helps someone like get through a hard time or it it brings about a positive, um, uh, whatever the person wanted, it brings about that thing. And so we overestimate because we see it all around us, what a short amount of a lot of prayer can do. Um, And we underestimate what a lifetime of little prayer can do. Because if we can spend a lifetime of, of praying and reciting and meditating on God's word and God's action and speaking to Him through those things, um, then then that's what Psalm one indicates makes us truly happy. It's what makes us blessed, and so um, so that's kind of one of the things that I want to talk about. Um, what want to encourage you guys in? You know, you you should intercede. We should be praying for those who are hurting. We should be praying for their release. We should be praying for ourselves and our own pain. Um, But sometimes we can get so wrapped up in intercession that it draws us away um, from what prayer actually does for us, which is getting us into relationship with God. And so uh, one of my favorite authors, Eugene Peterson, um, says it like this. He says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, he says, we pray as if we need to get God into what we're doing. Um, But prayer actually gets us into what God is doing. So our prayers, their ultimate goal should be getting us to change, um, to change our mind, to change our heart, to change how we think and how we act in situations. Prayer should get us into what God is doing and not try to get God into what we're doing. And so uh, I, I want to encourage you guys to start to make that shift in your mind if your prayer life has been exclusively intercession, um, I would challenge you and say, maybe you're treating um, God more like Santa Claus or a genie in a bottle. Maybe if, if your life, if your whole prayer life is wrapped up in um, only intercessory prayers, only asking God for things, um, then you may need to step back and, uh, and reevaluate how you spend your prayer time. Now, if you are on the other end, if you never ask God for anything and if you, are, um, if you fi- never find yourself actually uh, uh, requesting God to help you in situations or, or asking him to, uh, to give you strength and those sorts of things, then you need to reevaluate uh, your prayer life. So um, I, I say it like this, when, when my son asks me for something, I am happy to give it to him uh, and, and I want to give him what he's asking for. Even if I know it's not good for him, even if I know um, it's better for him, when he asks me for something, I want to give it to him. Uh, and it happens almost every night. Uh, as we're getting ready for bed, I say, Augustine, it's it's bedtime. We need to go upstairs and get ready for bed. And he goes, no, awake, please. That's what he'll say to me. And I want to, I, I want to let him stay up because he asked something of me that I can give him and I want to do it. And so, if I, as a sinful parent, have that desire, God wants so much more to give you what you need, to give you what you want. And so um, there are, there, there's an appropriateness to asking him for things, but that can't be the only thing that you do. God is not Santa Claus. Uh, God is not a genie in the bottle. Uh, but God also is a good parent who wants to give us uh, what, what we ask for. Um, and he wants us to ask him for things. Because he's God. And so we just have to treat him like that. So we pray, um, we praise, we give thanks, um, we ask him for things. And so all those things are part of that prayer, uh, part of that process. Um, But our goal is to fear him, to enjoy him, to love him, and to trust in him above all things. So that's that's the goal of prayer. And I want to encourage us into a lifetime of prayer, and not just um, praying when we desperately need God to enter, to like, to like, break into our world and save us from a particular situation. So I want to encourage you and challenge you guys to um, find ways to do uh, little prayers over the long term. And I think that that's where we'll see uh, the greatest transformation, because I think that's where that's what Psalm One says: that the blessed person, and the truly happy person. Um, meditates, recites God's instructions, God's law day and night. So that's the end of prayer to enjoy God, to fear him, to love him and to trust in him. And it's this slow, careful mulling over of God's work and word over a lifetime. It's it's requesting of God what we need over a lifetime. And it's a long term process of being in relationship with God. So the next question then um, that, that I think that we'll need to wrestle with is, uh, is how do I pray? And there's lots of books and lots of, uh, I don't know, blogs and lots of uh, daily uh, Bible reading kinds of things that, that, uh, um, that, get, that give you um, instruction on how to pray. And, uh, and some of those things are really good. Some of them aren't good. Um, but I wanted to, to give you guys as our congregation and those listening um, a brief order of prayer that you can do um, no matter where you are, no matter uh, 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 where you find yourself, if you're in the airport, in the car, um, if you have a Bible with you or don't have a Bible with you, whatever the situation it may be, you can do this simple form of prayer. And over a lifetime, it'll be it'll begin it'll produce within you um, this relationship with God. So, um, when you start off in prayer, uh, the first thing that um, I want to encourage you guys to do is to try to do your prayers morning and evening. Don't just pray one time a day. Uh, pray when you get up, and pray when you're uh, getting uh, ready to go to bed. And uh, you can pray while you're doing things. Um, if you're cleaning up, you can be talking to God. If you're um yeah, if you're cleaning the kitchen, the living room, whatever it is, if you're changing your clothes, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, those are all places that you can talk to God and and do your prayers. So um, don't feel like you need to set aside um, uh, you know a, a specific room and go and like get a, like a kneeler or anything like that or kneel the side of your bed. Just you can do your prayers during your your normal, routines, um, because that's where God is. He's, he is there with you in your normal routines. Uh, so this is a simple form of prayer that is actually pulled out of, uh, Luther's small catechism. And I like it because it's simple. Anybody can do it. And, um, and it'll give you confidence that you are in fact praying. Uh, so the first thing that we do, um, in this prayer is we make the sign of the cross, which you can use um, uh, your, your fingers. You just touch your forehead and you say in the name of the Father. And then you touch your chest in the name of the Son. And then you say you, te- you touch your uh, left shoulder. You say in the name of the Holy and you bring across the front of your chest to your right shoulder spirit. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit making um, the cross over your body. And uh, this is a practice that's ancient. Um, It's a practice that's been uh, widespread for, um, I mean, well over a thousand years, and it is um, a way for us to physically remind ourselves that we are with God and that God is in us and that we are in Christ. So this is a physical reminder um, that we are we are in whatever space we're in with God that God is with us, that he is for us, that he is in us, um, and that we are in Christ. This is also a time to take a deep breath and prepare your mind and your heart to interact with God. Uh, So this is a way that you can actually physically slow down. You stop what you're doing and you make the sign of the cross and you take a deep breath and you prepare yourself to hear from God and to speak to God. And then uh, the next thing that you do after the sign of the cross is recite the creed either in your head or out loud. And this is important because we have to, we have to orient ourselves um, when we pray to remind ourselves that it is not us that is going to God. We are not the primary actor in, in prayer. God has already been at work in us and we are responding to him. So we recite the creed before we pray because it reminds us that God has redeemed us, he's made us, he's redeemed us, and he is sanctifying us before we even uh, came to know him. He's been doing that work. So we recite the whole creed, the Apostles' Creed, and uh, and that has three main parts, um, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that outline uh, creation, justification, and then sanctification, or, or holiness, or how we grow in grace. And so uh, that just reorients us to remind us that it is not us who is uh, who is making the move to go to God, but God has come to us. He has made us, he has saved us, and he is building us up and making us holy. And it is in that context then that we respond to God. So God has made us, um, by his son he has saved us, and by his Holy Spirit by the church, by the saints, he is sanctifying and making us holy, and his promises resurrected, resurrection. And then we approach God in prayer. And at this point, um, you pray the Lord's Prayer. So, up to this point, it's all set prayers. And uh, the Lord's Prayer is a great um, orienting prayer. It's the chief prayer that we have as the church. Um, you should be praying it every day, often. You should be doing that as often as you can. Uh, because Jesus prays that prayer. He prays it for us now. He is, it it incorporates, I believe that it incorporates any prayer that we could ask. It gives us all, um, all of the ways that we, that we receive from God, um, his goodness and his life. And so recite the Lord's prayer. Um, don't just do it. Don't just do this creed or the Lord's prayer, um, quickly. Don't do it just to get through it. Um, Really take time to think about it. If something catches your attention, um, pause and reflect on it and meditate on that. Um, you can take your time with these prayers. Um, if nothing catches your attention, then that's fine. Then you just go on to the next thing. Um, so you pray, you, you say the creed, and then you pray the Lord's prayer. Um, and then at this time, you can um, either do, I would encourage you to do a psalm. If you do have your Bible with you, if you have the time, um, read one psalm or two psalms. And then... Um, go into uh your your extemporaneous or your kind of off the top of your head or however you want to say that um prayer out of your um just one that does not set for you one that is not formed for you this is when you can do your extemporaneous prayer and this is also when you can do your intercession if you um are doing intercession at that time so when i do my extemporaneous prayer i always pray um, for several things. Um, I always pray for wisdom, um, especially in the mornings. Um, I pray for wisdom for the day. I pray for strength to do my work well and to serve others. Um, and one thing that's been in my prayers um, for a while now, because it's emphasis as it, it, it's an emphasis in our staff um, at New Life Lutheran Church, um, I pray for excellence in what I'm doing today. And then I pray for discernment to know um, what needs to be done and also what is from God and what is not from God to know how to uh, approach the day and how to approach a uh, particular problems. So I always ask God for those things. Um, I always ask him to um, uh, uh, give me those things for the day. I thank him for uh, my wife and my kids and I pray for them. Um, and then if I have time, then I'll do other intercessions. And I hold on to that, um, the prayer request insert that we have for our, um, and our bulletins here at New Life. I just have that in my Bible. And so I always kind of have that with me or readily available. So that's the simple form of prayer that you can that you can do. Um, and, and it does require, if you don't already have them memorized, it does require having the creed and the Lord's Prayer memorized, but get those things memorized so you can always have them with you in your pockets. So that that simple daily prayer in the morning and the evening. Um, is the sign of the cross, the deep breath, that space, that that pause right before we get started in prayer, the recitation of the creed to reorient ourselves, to remind us that we are entering in um, to what God has already been doing in our life, praying the Lord's prayer as um, our chief prayer, as the prayer of Jesus, Um, reading a psalm or two if you have time, and then doing your extemporaneous or your intercessory, intercessory prayers at that time, that's all you need to do. If you do that, um, if you do that once a day, if you do that morning and evening, um, you you are you are well above what most people do from a day to day basis, and you can know that um, by by setting aside that time that God is going to um, honor that time. He's going to honor um, your attention to Him. He has already given us um, all of his goodness. He has already given us all of all of the blessings um, that he has for us. He, We have, as Ephesians 1 says, every spiritual blessing from heaven given to us. Um, and so this is the way that we participate in that. It's the way that we orient ourselves um, to God and orient ourselves to what he's doing. It's the way that we can put our minds on him. And it's the way that he's going to help us and develop within us um our enjoyment of Him, our fear of Him, our love of Him, and our trust in Him. And so here's what I'm going to do, guys. Um, I'm actually going to uh, post this short order of prayer, and I'm also going to post a a, a Bible reading plan, and that's what we're going to be talking about next week. I'm going to post a Bible reading plan and this short form of prayer on the website – um, on, on the new life website and on our podcast website. Um, so you can have access to that. And so you can um, easily easily find those things and memorize them um, so that you can start implementing them in your prayer life. If you already have a devotion, Um, If you already like have Our Daily Bread or some other book that you're reading through, um, please continue to do that. Um, This is something that only takes, um, depending on how much you do intercession or how much you want to um, add in the extemporaneous part, this is something that you can do in like a minute or or under a minute. Um, And it's a great orienting activity. It's a way for us to recite God's word and God's instruction and God's um, uh, uh, work for us. Um, and so this is something that you can add onto your devotion without, um, adding that much burden. So that's why I think this is so good is because this is a great place to start and we can grow in our prayer life from it by adding, um, Bible reading by adding um, some other devotional material that we're working through by adding other prayers um, we can we can put those on top of this foundation but this is what gets us going uh, this is what I'm teaching my kids and so um, this is what we do every morning uh, or what we do every evening as I'm putting them down that's what I'm kind of in charge of that um, that time and so this is what I'm giving to my children to give them a foundation. Um, of of prayer, and this is what I want to give to you as our congregation and as our listeners to give you a foundation of prayer. So um, remember, guys, that prayer is to enjoy God. So if you are um, feeling um, guilty, um, overwhelmed, if you feel like it's too much, um, then then we're we're missing the point, right? So you you can't let You can't let a pastor, you cannot let um, some other spiritual leader bind your conscience to something um, that God does not bind your conscience to. So enjoy God in prayer. Enjoy Him. Don't feel obligated by a threat. God loves you, He's pursuing you, He's coming after you, and He will have you. Um, You are His child. And it doesn't matter if you miss a day of your daily prayer. It doesn't matter if you miss a week of your daily prayer. It doesn't matter if you miss a year of your daily prayer. God still loves you. And I hope that that draws you to prayer, not by threat of punishment, but you are compelled by God's love and you are compelled by your own love for God um, to do that. So go, be at peace, and enjoy God forever. We'll see you guys next week.